This episode is brought to you by Dare to Dream's first official sponsor, and that is me. Gregory Russell Benedict Coaching is sponsoring this episode. And if you want to start taking consistent action towards your biggest dreams, we need to talk. Research shows that simply telling someone else your goals increases the likelihood that you'll accomplish them by 500%. And coaching is the best method and tool I've found for helping you realize your potential. So if you have a dream and you want to do something about it, visit me at www.gregoryrussellbenedict.com and book a free discovery call with yours truly. Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Gregory Russell Benedict, and this is a podcast all about challenging you to embark on the adventure of your life. Speaking of adventures, I just got back from a nine-day surf trip in Bocas del Toro, Panama. Bocas del Toro is this collection of islands that's about an hour flight away from Panama City, and it's a wonderful place. It's so hard to get to. I flew from LAX to Panama City. You have to take a taxi from Panama City Airport to this other smaller airport that is literally the size of half a Costco, a quarter of a Costco. I guess Costco's are pretty big. That was a terrible example. It's a small, small building. And you go in, there's literally no boarding process. We were looking at our watch and we realized that, oh, it's like five minutes until we're supposed to take off. There's no way we make it on time. We made it on time. You all just get on the plane, you get on the runway and you take off. So you take this flight from Panama City to Boca del Toro, and then you take a water taxi to get to whatever island you're staying on. We were staying on an island called Isla Carinero. It is this small little island. You can walk around the whole thing in about an hour and a half. And man, was it a blast. It was nine days, no work, didn't bring my laptop. All we did was surf, eat, sleep, read, surf, eat, sleep, read. It was so nice. It was such a good unplug and refresh for me. A couple of things I learned in Panama. I love traveling internationally because it always reminds me that there are other ways to live. The American way of living with its emphasis on efficiency and productivity and constantly being on and constantly grinding, that is not the only way to live. There are millions, might I dare say billions of people who live differently in the world, who aren't focused on efficiency and productivity. They're focused on family and friends and social time and enjoying the moment. One of the best things about being in Panama is that I had no idea what time it was at any point during the day. I didn't even know what day of the week it was. We would surf when it looked good. We would eat when we were hungry. We'd go to bed when it got dark out. It was so nice following our circadian rhythm and doing things when we felt like doing them instead of doing them because it was on the calendar or it was scheduled. So that's one thing is that reminder that there are other ways to live and we don't just have to fall into this American paradigm where work is everything and taking breaks and playing is bad. Another thing about Panama is that when someone gives you advice to go do something, it's going to be more challenging than they make it seem. The manager at our hotel, his name was Raul, and the running joke on the trip was that he was zero for 10 on recommendations. He would tell us to go do something. It would sound so easy and so simple. 
and it would turn into this whole ordeal. One of the first days he told us to go surf this surf spot called Bluff. He's like, yeah, super easy. You can take a water taxi there and back. It's like five bucks each. Boom, simple. Go do it. So we set out on this adventure. We don't bring our shoes. We don't bring a change of clothes. We don't bring much because we think that we can just take a water taxi there and back. Turns out that's not true. We have to take a water taxi to the town, take a taxi out on this 30-minute drive that is on the bumpiest road you've ever imagined. And we took a taxi out there the first time, ended up getting ripped off. It was way too expensive. What you're supposed to do is you take these little tourist vans. They're about six to eight person passenger vans. And you get in this thing, they pack it entirely full. And for us, we had our surfboards. We're the two gringos holding onto our surfboards inside this tiny van that has no suspension left, driving on the bumpiest road ever created. I swear, there were two foot potholes that we'd go over and we just get slammed against the side. We're holding onto our surfboards, trying not to slam them into the side of the van or the little Panamanian grandma next to us. It was such a journey to get out to the surf spot via these vans. And every time we did, by the time we got there, we would have zero sunscreen left on because it was about 108 inside the van and it would just all sweat off. So pretty much everything we tried to do in Panama was much more difficult than we were told it would be. But that was part of the adventure. That was part of what made it fun. Not really knowing how it was going to work out, but trusting that it ultimately was going to work out. Last thing I want to say about Panama before I transition to the topic of today is the importance of doing what you love. I'm sure that some people hearing this are sick and tired of Vinny and I talking about doing what you love, but I have never been more excited to come home from a vacation than I was on this trip. I was just as excited to come back to my life in San Diego than I was to go on this surf trip in Panama. And that's saying a lot. That is a level of contentness, gratitude, excitement for my life that I've never felt. And it was such a wonderful feeling, as I mentioned, flying back into San Diego and just being excited to get back to it. My first week back, I had so many coaching calls. I was very busy, but it really filled me up. I just felt so excited. And I just can't stress the importance of doing the really, 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 really hard work to figure out what it is that you want to do with your life and then taking small steps to do so because it didn't happen easy. It didn't happen overnight. It's been about three years. It'll be three years in June since I quit my job in finance. And man, it has been a roller coaster, but I am so happy to say that I now live this life where I'm genuinely excited to get out of bed in the morning. I'm excited to come back from a surf trip, to get back to building, to get back to working with people. It's just such a beautiful experience. So the topic of today, the thing that I really wanted to talk about comes from a book called Big Magic. It's written by Elizabeth Gilbert. Here it is if you're watching this on YouTube. Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. It's a fantastic book about what I call optimistic nihilism. I don't know why I said what I call. Optimistic nihilism is a thing. And it's essentially the belief that life is inherently meaningless and that's a good thing. Life is inherently meaningless and we get to decide what matters. We get to decide meaning. We get to assign meaning to whatever it is that is important in our lives, whether that's family, friends, pickleball, as I'm obsessed with right now, surfing, all the things. And optimistic nihilism is kind of a paradox because nihilism is typically no meaning, no hope. 
but the optimistic twist is that there is hope because we get to decide, we get to choose. And I really like that. I feel like there's a lot of power in getting to decide how you want your life to be, designing your life, living your life by design, not by default, as Chris Williamson says. So there was a part in this book that really struck me. I read it while I was in Panama. I read this book, and then I also read Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Fantastic book. But there's one section in this book, and I'm going to read parts of it. It's talking about what Elizabeth Gilbert calls the martyr mindset and the trickster mindset, and specifically martyr energy versus trickster energy. So she says, martyr energy is dark, solemn, macho, hierarchical, fundamentalist, austere, unforgiving, and profoundly rigid. Think about being a martyr. You're trying to be the face of an idea, a revolution. You are standing for something greater than yourself, but you're putting all of this pressure on yourself to be that highest ideal of whatever it is that you're fighting for. Trickster energy, she says, is light, sly, transgressive, animist, seditious, primal, and endlessly shape-shifting. A couple adjectives I add into that is playful, it's light, as she said light, it's humorous, it's really going through life with that light touch like Vinny and I talk about all the time. And what I realized on this trip, kind of an epiphany I had, is that I have been bringing so much martyr energy to my decision to drink less or not drink at all. For the longest time after my meltdown in Japan, karaoke night circa 2019, I felt like I needed to be a martyr. I wanted to be a beacon of light for other people who wanted to stop drinking, who were tired of feeling like shit, feeling like they were slowly poisoning themselves, feeling like they needed to drink to fit in. And it was heavy. There was so much pressure there. There was so much pressure to be that guy, to tell everyone that I am that guy, to influence other people to become that guy. And it was just so heavy. It was an unnecessary amount of pressure. And also, I think the answer here is that whenever you are using words like beacon of light, I need to be a role model. I need to be this person who inspires change in others. Yes, there's good aspects to that, but that is heavy martyr language. And there's so much pressure in that. There's so much pressure in that to never have another drink, even if it feels like the right time. And this all or nothing thinking is really the martyr energy. And I realized that I had been doing that with drinking. And even two and a half years later, where I hardly ever drink, I drink one to two to three times a year, I still have that martyr energy and I'm still trying to work through that. And so it came up in Panama. I had a couple of these beers called Panama, super light beer that was pretty good, but I was just really grappling with why am I drinking this beer? Every time I drink it, I wake up the next morning and my stomach hurts. I don't feel very good. Like, what am I doing? What am I trying to prove? Who am I trying to be here? And again, it went back to oh, I need to be this, this beacon of light. I need to be a role model. I need to inspire. But in reality, and this is what the trickster energy, the trickster mindset would tell you is that no one cares. No one is thinking about you. No one gives a shit if you drink that beer or if you don't drink that beer. And while people might give you a hard time for not drinking, it's them that they're thinking about. It's their own stuff that's coming to the surface, right? If anyone ever questions you 
makes you feel uncomfortable, asks these pointed inquiries around why you're drinking, why you're not drinking, it's because they are uncomfortable with their own relationship to it. If you really think about it, how could it possibly matter what liquid you have in your cup versus a liquid that someone else has? The trickster mindset and having trickster energy in the situation would be to realize one, that no one cares, and two, that it doesn't have to be this all or nothing. It doesn't have to be this all in, all out. You can do whatever you want and it really doesn't matter. So the trickster in this situation would crack a beer, maybe have a sip if you felt like it and just hold it, just hold the beer so people don't freak out that you aren't drinking. So they don't feel super uncomfortable that they're drinking and you're not. It's taking yourself less seriously. It's really coming back to almost playing the game of life instead of going through life like it's this serious, stressful, rigid, heavy thing. It hit me in the context of drinking that I want to be the person who can be flexible, who can have a beer if he feels like it, who can not have a beer if he feels like it. And I think the key distinction there is that if I decide not to drink, great. I don't need to tell everyone about it. That is the martyr energy. And if you really think about it, people don't change because you're evangelizing the health benefits of not drinking or the health benefits of something else. People change because they see you, they see your actions, they see your life. They want something that you seem to have and they'll come ask you about it. They will come and search you out of the crowd if you have something or seem to have something that they want. They're not going to come to you and make a change if you are constantly talking their ear off about drinking less, doing all of that. So don't be a martyr. I am constantly trying to be less of that because it's such a serious, heavy energy, as I said. And really, at the end of the day, it feeds into my goal of taking myself less seriously. I think that humor is the antidote to absolutely everything. And there are a few situations in life where a witty pun, some witty banter, an intellectually and humorous conversation can't ease things, can't ease the tension, get you out of a hard spot. So that's what came up for me in Panama. It was a wonderful trip, so much learning in the free time, like honestly learning how to be bored again and how to sleep and take a nap when I felt like it instead of being on such a tight wound schedule rushing from call to call to call. I had so many thoughts and insights that came up that I'll be writing about, I'll be sharing with you later. But for now, don't be a martyr, be a trickster. Take your life less seriously, take the pressure off, and have some fun with it. Go through life as if it were a game instead of this big, scary, arduous task that you have to get through. You get to have a good time going through life. It's not a have to, it's a get to. And that is it for today. Thanks for tuning in with me. I appreciate you all. And as always, we love you guys.